Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Parkscope Unprofessional Podcast Hour. My name is Joe, and we've got some special guests for us today on our Wednesday night show that is totally relaxed and non-stressful and very sure of itself with the, regarding the world. <laughs> uh, joining us is Shelby. Uh, you know her from her work on the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights, along with all of her uh, art and design work online and at the event. Shelby, how are you doing? I, I'm doing better than I have been. How are you? <laughs> I think that's the general. Yeah, I'm doing better than I have been. Um, <laughs> I was doing pretty well, like Sunday and Monday, and then Tuesday yeah. kind of crashed. But then I yeah. like couldn't fall asleep, and then I saw. Arizona, and then I felt better, and now I've been feeling better. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, yeah, same. <laughs> so it's been kind of all over the place, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> also joining us, uh, her co-host on the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights, also on, excuse me, I'm having tea burps right now, uh, <laughs> also on uh, Grim Grinning Hosts is Hunter. Hunter, how are you doing? Good. What good? Well, I, I think you guys already covered it. So I'm just going to say I'm good. <laughs> Things are moving forward. We're all fine here. Everything's fine. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. Everything is fine. It's like the good place. Welcome. Everything yeah. is fine. Yes, that's, that's what I have painted on, the, on my wall here in my apartment. Just welcome. Everything is fine. Um, I'm very inviting. As you sure, sure. It's uh, it's the background because you are literally feeling like the dog with the teacup. Uh, everything is fine right now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the yeah. world's burning, but I have my I voted sticker on, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh man, we got some fun stuff to talk about to get our minds off of stuff this week. Uh, let's start off with a little bit of news. Um, just to cover, because this was kind of late-breaking this week, a uh, bunch of hotels reopened at Disney. The Art of Animation opened on, I believe, Sunday. And then Portofino <laughs> Bay at Universal is opening December 1st. And then uh, Endless Summer Dockside's opening December 15th. So we got more resorts opening, which is always good. Um, yeah, uh, Dockside actually was supposed to open right before all the COVID shutdowns, but... <laughs> It oops, <laughs> like they did. Yeah. Pre- they did previews and everything, and then they're like, uh, "Just kidding." We'll see. We'll see you guys maybe in April. We don't know. And uh, <laughs> I here haven't we even are. been to the other one. Yeah, uh, yeah, in December, and here we are, December. The other one's really nice. I mean, it's a it's a value resort, so it's not like sure the yeah. Hard Rock or anything like that. But it's you know for what it is, it's pretty decent. Like, like I, I I'm I always yeah. sing the yeah. praises of Endless Summer, but like. It has, you know, it has a workout room, which, you know, even the moderates at Disney don't have. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, but it's, an, it's a nice little resort. Um, but the towels are, the towels are, in fact, uh, um, sandpaper. That's the only <laughs> problem. Um, but yeah, and, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on resorts reopening? Shelby? Um, I'm excited to see Portofino again. I've kind of missed uh, just walking around the resort. Oh, that's nice. Because, uh. I would just take days off and just walk from Universal and down that path to Portofino and just kind of hang out for the day and just mm-hmm. enjoy the weather and the atmosphere. I like taking the boat at night and just rounding that corner and you just see it like open up with all the yeah. lights. That's really neat. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter, any, <laughs> any yeah. thoughts besides yay hotels? 
Um, well, just, you know, optimistically speaking, like, hopefully this is, like, a sign that um, even though we are in a literal, her- uh, excuse me, even though we're in a literal hellscape right now, um, <laughs> that the tourism industry in Orlando is going to be bounced back. Like, it's not, like, something that's dead forever and is never going to come back. Because, obviously, people want to stay at these places, and Universal and Disney are like, hey, we've got... The capacity to, to hold these types of people um so let's open it so like you know as a as a theme park fan as a central florida resident like regardless of your feelings about whether or not the park should be open whether or not they've done everything in their capability to provide a safe environment all that aside this is good news as far as the industry being able to get back on a solid footing and, and move forward and like, you know, selfishly, because I feel like as theme park fans, like there always is that little bit of selfish side, right? Selfishly, it's like, okay, maybe Epic Universe does stand a chance. Like this is, <laughs> this is kind of like, uh, that's immediately like, if, if I have to like surrender to the little devil on my shoulder, like that's what he's saying, that Epic Universe <laughs> is going to be fine and it's not going to take 36 years to get built. Oh, man. I, I'm still positive on Epic Universe. I know Sean is like super pessimistic on it, but like I'm like still like you know things are doing pretty well. They said a year delay, where you know we're we're about like what six months into this, so like they still have like six months to come back. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not too worried about it. It's like if we start running into issues in 2021 where it's starting to be like ooh, <laughs> you know, like Halloween <laughs> Horror Nights, God forbid, gets canceled next year or something crazy. Um, oh. Don't put that on. Knock, yeah. knock on wood. Yeah, knock, yeah. On wood. knock on wood. <laughs> um, Not with us here, at least. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, then it's sort of like ooh, but you know, I'm I'm hopeful on that project. Um, I, I I just think you know, it's, so much work's been done on it. Like, geez, like we've seen all those leaks of like designs and concept art. Like, there's just so much work that's been done already on it already. It's kind of doesn't yeah. seem it's, doesn't seem like they're gonna throw that on ice just to be like, yeah, <laughs> now nah, we're good. But we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll think about it later. Um, I got to say, I hope they take the bull by the horns and, like, don't hold back on Epic Universe when they do decide to bite. Like, I know that's kind of, like, last concern is, um, you know, like, first thing is, like, oh, wow, they're building this. They're going to get uh, new teams in. People are going to get jobs. The, the mm-hmm. market's coming back and everything like that. But then the other side of it's, like, oh, man, please, please don't uh, go cheap on this. Like, I really not not to, like, have a bad wish, but, like, I don't want them to DCA Epic Universe with, like, Aww. budget cuts and necessity. <laughs> uh, I want them to deliver the park that we always hoped for, you know? Yeah. The central hub icon is going to be it's going to look like the DCA sun thing, but it's just going to be the Universal Globe. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah exactly. it's cardboard on the back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just imagining it. It's like how to train your dragon was is downsized to just a Soren clone. Uh, I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to like do like Epic Universe overlaid over California Adventure when it opened. Now. Well, I, w- I was gonna say, what if like Super Nintendo World becomes like Super Dreamcast World or something like that? Oh, They're no, just like, yeah, no. it was a lot cheaper license. <laughs> but it's like Superstar Limo, and you get the cheap little animatronics wobbling back and forth. But it's themed. It, but it's themed to nights. Yeah, exactly. Nights in the dreams. <laughs> That's right. Actually, Nights in the Dreams would be a pretty kick-ass attraction, if I may say so. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be like one. I think a Nights in the Dreams like like swinger ride would be fun. Like, you know how they have, like, those giant, like, swing <laughs> rides? Something like that with, like, lights yeah. would be cool. Uh, oh, man, there's so what much if, you What if do. they're like, oh, man, 
What what if they're like, oh man, to save on finances, we're gonna have to do some like shady theming here. So like, if you enter from the the right side, it's a How to Train Your Dragon attraction. If you enter from the left side, it's a Golden Axe attraction, and they just hope <laughs> you notice. <laughs> it's it's the same thing. It's like, man, I don't yeah, remember exactly any of those characters. Right. I don't remember any of those characters from How to Train Your Dragon. And like the other person's leaving, they're like, I don't remember any of those attra- characters from Golden Axe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the hardcore Golden Axe fan base is in an uproar right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they could be. I mean, look, you got your merch set out. You got those uh, classic Super, Ninja, Super Nintendo minis. Not Super Nintendo, the Super. Uh, Ge- the Genesis minis they have out. Yeah. Uh, you can. I don't know. That's the only merchandise I can think of. <laughs> I was I was trying to think of a good like like I guess maybe uh you could sell those uh those uh the tennis shoes that Sonic was wearing in Sonic Adventure cuz they like that was like okay. a licensing okay, game. Those are like rem- like the ones you could grind on. Like those are like real tennis yeah. shoes you could buy. So there you go. There's two things. So uh you could do the playground could be Knuckles Emerald Expedition from Sonic Adventure Battle 2. There you um, go. Just got like a real groovy hip hop track in the beat, and like you just let your kids loose because they're a bunch of hoodlums. <laughs> um, and then let's see, you could do the Escape from the City attraction, which they just put you on like a surfboard going down asphalt at like 90 miles per hour. Um, <laughs> it, it's basically what I'm saying is Epic Universe is going to be Action Park just with a Sega like licensing, or I they feel- they buy they buy SeaWorld and then you have the Orca. Uh, chase in the first uh, Sonic Adventure, and that's part of the ride too. Oh my, oh my God! Could you imagine the Blackfish sequel that is waiting? <laughs> we need you Could to you jump- make this orca <laughs> jump sixty-four times in a row every fifteen seconds. Every fifteen. <laughs> and then the yeah. last thing I'll add is uh, adopt a chocobo area. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, that I'm into. Yeah. There we go. I was, that's you see these are all the great ideas hire us universal but in a, le- <laughs> in, in a less jokey way though um like remember like when islands of adventure was being built they you know got a bunch of disney imagineers that were laid off from um when they were having problems with tokyo what not tokyo with euro disney so you know mm-hmm. you know there's it's uh you know it's a a hirer's market right now so you know hopefully they they you know staff up uh creative again and get back to work on the projects but yeah anyway don't want to be too down and stuff like that but (laughs) woo! so hopefully this is good news i agree yes hopefully good news um also one last thing i'll add i don't think they're gonna open sapphire or aventura for a little bit because those are like mostly uh convention hotels or hotels for like horror nights so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so I, i think those will may stay closed for a little while longer but we shall see. Yeah. I I feel like Cabana is the unofficial hotel of Halloween Horror Nights. Like, it kind of stole that from sure. the Hard Rock. And then, like, <laughs> like, Sapphire is, like, right there as well. Where it's like, okay, well, you want something a little bit nicer than Cabana. Here's, uh, here's Sapphire. Take that one, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you, want, if you want something that has no charm or personality, we have Aventura. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I like the top. Actually, I like the bar. More charm. <laughs> if you want more charm and personality, can I suggest the movie land, uh, the Monumental Movie Land Hotel uh, on International Drive for Monu- all your accommodation needs? Monumental Movie Land. Why haven't I? Why have I not heard of this before? 
It's uh, I, I brought this up not too long ago on an episode of Catacombs. Uh, mm-hmm. Who said this? Oh, it was actually Patrick Brailier who said it's basically the Overlook Hotel of Central Florida. And he wants to set a like a shining screenplay in that hotel. So please, yeah, yeah. go go see this uh, forty dollar a night hotel. It's incredible. Yeah, it looks exactly what you'd imagine. Even the even the oh man that 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 sign is pretty great. It's not even a real sign. It's like a it's like a fake thing they pulled over, like a Motel Six sign. <laughs> It's like it got damaged in a hurricane, and then they just pulled something over it and said, yeah, we'll fix it someday, and never did. They're like, how big can we make That's clip fine. art? <laughs> Bigger. Okay, we're good. Put it up there. Oh, and like later on, it's just like, here are the bug bites I got, the monument. Um, okay, okay, never mind. We're closing Google right now. Uh, <laughs> All righty, so... Uh, one of the things I want to uh, one of the things I wanted to bring uh, our two guests on to discuss, um, and also just kind of get um, like a, a general like you know closing thoughts on a weird year, is the final thoughts on Halloween Horror Nights Light slash not Halloween Horror Nights slash Untitled Halloween Experience Fall whatever thing. Like, did they ever give this a name? By the way, um, I think it was the. Halloween seasonal experience or something along those lines is what they kept yeah. referring to it as. It's so weird. But yeah, so get some of my uh, thoughts on just what Halloween stuff Universal was doing this year. And if you guys been to the Disney stuff, we could talk about that too. But um, just getting your thoughts on kind of how everything went, uh, what are your thoughts on it? Um, what, and, and what would you like to see come back or change or never see again? Like the circus peanut. Uh <laughs> I think um, it was all very much last minute. Oh yeah, very much so. I think yeah. Uh, do you want to explain that? Do you want to expand on that a little bit more, and then we can dive right yeah. into the houses. I mean, obviously, um, Horror Nights was pl- or Universal was planning on having Horror Nights, so they built plenty of houses that were going to happen, um, and they kept pushing back an announcement for Horror Nights because they really did not know what was going to happen with COVID, how they were going to handle. Uh, opening the event and it was pushed back and pushed back until eventually we found out like you know Horror Nights isn't happening but I guess someone scrambled to get something together and they were like heck it let's you know open two houses and throw up a bar and uh, throw up some scarecrows and call it a day Um, but I think even if it was very last minute I think they did a really good job with the amount of time that they had Mm mm-hmm uh, Hunter, what are your thoughts? Your your kind of opening thoughts? Yeah, i i feel I feel like Universal delivered something that they they really should be proud of. To be perfectly honest, I know that sounds kind of corny, like just speaking about like a major corporation, but like no, like totally. Um, the fact that you could really tell that throughout this, it was a passion of love, whether that was the scare actors or the attendants or or even the people who busted ass to get this thing up for people. I feel like when July rolled around, Shelby and I, uh, we talked a lot and we were just like, you know what? We understand why we probably think this is for the best as far as the events presentation. Um, It's sad, but we'll see it next year. And like, honestly, we had made our our peace with it. But the fact that we got to walk through anything Halloween Horror Nights at all this year, coupled with like 
I, I, I hope costuming uh, returns next year. I hope the Scarecrow stock returns next year. Like, they really went all out and did a lot more than I feel like they had to. And yeah. you could say, hey, that's to get people down here to fill in these empty spots because otherwise they probably wouldn't have a ton of traffic except on the weekends due to that ticket mm-hmm. offer. But I... I really get the impression that a lot of this was driven by Universal's desire to want to do something, and it never came across as less than genuine. And I, uh, I really appreciated having something like this, just because it was going to be a really weird year with nothing. Um, and and I just yeah. I think they deserve kudos totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you've been to Universal during the month of October on a regular day, there really isn't anybody in that park. So I think it was yeah. not a desperate grab, but like a, a necessary move to put something Halloween out to draw in. Sure. Now, whether or not we think that was effective, like after the first couple weeks, like maybe that's up for debate because yeah. let's let's not get ourselves like the these attractions. Um, I tweeted out not too long ago, like, hey, like. These wait times are pretty indicative of why we will never have like a daytime operations haunted house. And that's just because it genuinely feels like the regular day guests do not care but um, uh, about haunted house attractions. But still, the I feel like it did bring a lot of people in. I did see a lot of people who um, were healthy or were willing to travel coming down, especially to see these houses. And I think that it absolutely did increase traffic more than what they would have, like Shelby just said. Yeah. So let's uh, dive right in the houses. I know um, on your show that you've covered the houses and what your general thoughts are. So we'll kind of um, jump over those except for one house. <laughs> but what were your uh, your thoughts on how they executed the, uh, the, the houses this year, whether it be pulsing or the lines or virtual queue or plexiglass or what have you not? I'll let Hunter go first on this one. Sure, sure. So um, I I think a constant conversation that's come up uh, throughout this season is which house is better, uh, which house is better suited with COVID precautions. Uh, We kind of talked about that a lot as far as like, hey, we really thought Bride was a better one as far as offering what you'd expect from a traditional Halloween Horror Nights house, but also doing um covid covid precautions two fairy i think just because it was a bit of a brighter house was probably affected a little bit more as far as the plexiglass and that sort of thing being more noticeable um fun fact shelby and i have not talked about this this third house that you Mm -hmm. just alluded to together yet (laughs) so you kind of get our our opinions together for the first time but yeah i I feel (laughs) exclusive um i feel like it it's a very different event, but I feel like the fact that it was, we were all very aware that it was, hey, this is out of necessity, tempered um, tempered our expectations before we even went in for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think I was even surprised by how intense some of the houses were, even with those precautions being mm-hmm. implemented. Um, where was I going to go with this? Um, I think you're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. as far as like expectations um, even if our expectations were kind of low um, just the excitement of having the event in general made it a little bit better especially the first opening weekend when literally everybody was there I saw you know people I haven't seen in a year 
So I think mm-hmm. Horror Nights in itself is like, you know, this little community that it's like a family re- reunion every year. Um, yeah. But the houses themselves, I, I want to see them next year. If we do see them next year without the plexiglass and without the COVID precautions, it's just so we know what it's like. But I also think that we're never going to have an experience where you're pulsed through a Horror Nights Orlando house ever again. Sure. Being able to experience it with only your party is something we'll probably never see. How many many runs on a traditional Halloween Horror Nights house do you get to walk through and you get to see every effect, every trigger, every actor? It's incredibly rare. But the fact that that was the consistent experience pretty much every single time you went into these houses during HHN Light, um, it was so different. And, like, it went from being... Not that it was, you know, not that it's less special, you know, not seeing everything, but the fact that you have been able to see everything, it's like, wow, these houses are incredible. And, like, kudos to them for making a house feel full, even if you miss every single scare. But I feel like going through and getting every single effect this time really kind of changes how you view these houses on a normal year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I also I- want to give a prop, sorry, props to yeah. the attendants in the house who, uh, would always stop you to make sure you were six feet away from the party in front of you behind you. Mm-hmm. Some, yeah, they're literally the yeah. most obtrusive, but the least obtrusive they've ever been also in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> like they, like they're not yelling at you to keep forward or waving you on, but, but they're also yeah. holding you up, but they're the least obtrusive they've ever been. So it's, it's, it's a weird yeah. line that they walked and it, it worked pretty well, I think. I think so too. Agreed. Yeah, and one of the other things is, um, you know, there, a lot of times they couldn't fully staff these houses, it feels like. So bringing them back when you could actually put all the scare actors in, um, I think is going to be make it a lot more fun and uh, add more to them. Yeah. So hopefully they come back in some way. Yeah. And there's definitely roles well, that I want to see without masks on, like, you know, Bride and the Vampires, who are made to, they look like they weren't made to have masks on. Mm-hmm. So I want to see those without the masks on. I think that'll be yeah. That'll be see. Hmm. I you know, and I'm I'm not here to to disagree with that at all. I do think like it's so uncertain next year. Like I have no doubt yeah. in my mind that next year HHN will run in some sort of capacity. Whether that includes frequent fear pass, um, whether that includes so many different options that we have come to know and enjoy. Um, is kind of up in the air. And I also think like it's, it's weird to see that like maybe next year we have just the whole event with similar precautions just because that's how things have to be. Like I am trying not to be too pessimistic or think too far out, but I think it is something that maybe we kind of have to prepare ourselves for is that regardless of what happens, like I don't think we see things like SIF uh, return for quite some time. Um, just because yeah. of you know how we've adapted with this year, mm-hmm. I, I mean, based I, on, I, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. Oh, based, I'm sorry. I, I I feel like I never noticed the SIF missing in general. Yeah, I feel like it, it mm-hmm. didn't really matter with that one. I think based on what sure. was, well, the one oh. that. Oh, I'm so sorry, Joe. I was just gonna say, like the one that comes to mind for me, like this is this is a this is spoilers for these two houses, right? Yeah. 
Go for okay. it. Okay, just making sure. So <laughs> the scene with the two, uh, the scene with the two fairies, where you're going through like the the washing room, and you've got you're like surrounded by the sheets. Like that always felt like to me that section was supposed to have like sheets for you to kind of like mm-hmm. push through and like push to the side. And I think that's where I noticed it the most. I could also probably say like in the crypt of uh, Bride of Frankenstein, maybe you're supposed to have like those vines in front of you, but yeah. like it's not one of those things like Shelby said where you really think about it until you're removed from the situation. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, you're like, what, something's missing from this house. What is it? What is it? And you realize it's a sif or it's a, uh, you know, like one of those air bladder kind of things that are pushing on you or yeah. something mm-hmm. something of that nature. Or or it could just be like even just a partition of some way to block off the scenes. Um, yeah. There were moments when I would do other haunts in the country where they had stuff in your face and I found myself going, wait, why do they have stuff hanging here? Don't they know there's a pandemic? What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things I want to mention, and then we'll move on uh, to some of the other stuff and then we'll get to Beetlejuice is uh, I I think uh, next year, like we're going to be on our way to back to more of a normal situation, but you know, I think we're still going to be wearing masks probably next September in public. Mm-hmm. I still think we we may be social distancing. I'm not quite sure on that. But you know, hey, we'll we'll be deploying the vaccine vaccines. People will be more comfortable. So I, I feel be- open. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling better about it. So that's kind of where yeah. I'm at on that. Um, what uh, so of some of the new things added this year? I'm wondering what are your thoughts on. Um, uh, the Scarecrow Stalk and then the Trick or Treating at Islands of Adventure because I think those are two very interesting things. Um, I think. Well, I didn't do no. the Trick or Treating. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I didn't do it either because I don't have a twelve-year-old. <laughs> so, and and and, and maybe have themed Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> Short enough. Could have done it. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, no one would want to uh, give their 12-year-old to a bunch of 30-somethings, uh, so we didn't do it either. <laughs> and and then we rode Pteranodon Flyers, and it was the best day we've had in a minute. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm pretty sure that's why my uh, friends uh, had kids, is just so they could get on Pteranodon Flyers. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> You've got to get that credit reason. somehow. you got to do it some way. Um, I think one of the interesting things about these two is, like, this is something that I, I just don't see really happening... Uh, that, that Universal hasn't done before, but also they other parks do that, you know, hey, like, I think this is something they can easily deploy next year uh, during the daytime that it really doesn't sure. take too much money or time to do and will still engage people. Mm-hmm. Um, trick-or-treating, you know, is like, you know, whatever. And then, you know, combine that with what the Potter stuff, you know, that they, that they had last year, the dark arts, you know, that stuff. And then yeah. Scarecrow Stalk during the day. At the studios park, um, Shelby, any other thoughts on that? How would you like the Scarecrow stock? Um, it was cute. It mm-hmm. um, freed up some time because the first time I did it was like the third day of this HHN light thing. So the park was really busy, and we were waiting for our virtual line time. So it distracted us with that. So it was kind of cool. It was like a big circle. You'd go around to all the gift shops and stamp your new little map and then you got free candy and i'm always up for free candy so (laughs) i like that a lot yeah and and, and plus you're going into stores that you didn't even know existed 
Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. Um, what, but each scarecrow was completely different, and they were all really, really cool looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I'm aware, they were made by like several different teams, so each one had a very different style from the other, and I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, Hunter, any uh, your thoughts? Um, actually, you know, just because I, I think Scarecrow stock was really cool. And of course, just I'm a little too old for the trick or treating at Islands of Adventure. In fact, I haven't made it over to Islands of Adventure, I think, since the park shut down, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. It's been a very long time. Um, but it, it just has me thinking like the success of this. Like, I honestly think Universal could do an alternative to uh, Mickey's not so scary at Islands of Adventure at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's come up fairly often. Like why doesn't universal do something to kind of combat that like family friendly thing for people who are too, uh, for people who are too intimidated by Halloween Horror Nights or just like are not interested or don't have kids that are age appropriate to attend the event. Like you could even do like, I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen it, but there's a 1977, um, Holiday, or excuse me, Halloween special um, theme to the Grinch. It's called Halloween is Grinch Night, and uh, what? Like honestly, yeah. There's <laughs> there's a Halloween Grinch special. Uh, the main song is called Grinch is Gonna Get You. It's a bop. Um, BTS it, it, could never. But is it? Does it? Know, is the rhythm to the rhythm is gonna get you by Gloria Estefan? <laughs> I mean, unfortunately not, but the songs are written by the Sesame Street composer, so that's that's fun. Okay. But yeah, so so Grinch does have kind of like a Halloween special, like it's something that's been done. So I'm like, hey, do Grinch Night at Autumn's Adventure and also do the activities in Hogsmeade with the Death Eaters, um, do do the castle show, the dark art show, and like just allow mm-hmm. people to go through and trick-or-treat at Islands of Adventure and ride rides and like meet the superheroes. Like it's all right there, just waiting to be used. Yeah. And I feel like this think- year was such a good way for them to like kind of try something out. I only wish it went into the evening hours. I feel like the costume wearing was really successful. Mm-hmm. I definitely saw a lot of people in costumes enjoying themselves. Yeah, I forgot to mention yeah. that. I think that was a really a uh, slam dunk for them. They got like a sh- just a ton of like free publicity online, like on Instagram and Twitter sure. and everything. Just a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, the o- yeah. so the only so I agree with you that I think a nighttime event, Niles Adventure for families would be fun and successful. I think the only worry I would have is, and this is from like a purely marketing perspective is trying to sell the two different events when they're yeah, right next sure. to each other. <laughs> and you're like, oh, we want to do the Halloween thing. It's like, okay, which one? Oh, you know, the one with the <laughs> Harry Potter. It's like, uh, both have them. <laughs> so, which one? so like, I could see it being <laughs> the- this weird middle thing where you're trying to like suss out if they want the fun, you know, the fun one or the scary one and getting them mixed up <laughs> may be very bad. <laughs> um, sure. Maybe just keep by How many, how many years have we... Yeah, I, I was just going to say, how many years have we talked about why doesn't Disney do a more intense event over at Hollywood Studios? I literally like did that, that today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why why isn't Disney in on this market? Like, obviously, it works for, I believe, Hong Kong has a very popular, like, Halloween tradition and has for several That's years. what I tweeted out. Um, I, found, I found a recap video with a bunch of interior shots, and it's insane. so cool. 
<laughs> I'm going to have to go and watch those like immediately because <laughs> I love the stuff that they do. And like the fact that the not to get too off track, but like that nightmare before Christmas, like a walkthrough. It, I struggle to call it a house, but like that walkthrough they did is incredibly cool. And like if you were to put something that over at Disney, I think that would be very successful. So like I feel like the parks can support these events as long as it is effectively communicated, which is which I will say, I think personally that Halloween Horror Nights has such a reputation that you're probably not going to get too much crossover there. Um, <laughs> hopefully not, but like horrors yeah. in the title, like uh, just call it, I, I don't know <laughs> if you want to call it Grinch night, you want to call it whatever, but like, I, I feel like they could do it. I, I, I'm not too worried about the cross wires there. Mm hmm. Uh, Shelby, do you have any other thoughts on on uh, on that? I mean, you could technically just keep IOA open later on the weekends or the nights that uh, Horror Nights is happening. That way, like, let's say the teenagers want to go enjoy Horror Nights, but mom and the little kid want to go trick-or-treating. You could just keep IOA open mm-hmm. a little bit later and maybe just charge for, like, the Scarecrow stock or the trick-or-treating option. Look, 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 I want live productions. I want trick-or-treating through uh, Camp Jurassic. I want trick-or-treating on Me Ship Me Olive. Um, I want <laughs> okay. all of that. I want to get hit by the uh, Spider-Man on a four-wheeler or an ATV, <laughs> depending on where you live. I would pay an upcharge for that. So, like, give me options, Universal. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. I mean, I uh, from Shelby's angle, though, like, they, they have been using, you know, the... Like they've been just opening Islands of Adventure later and doing the Potter stuff for free, so they could yeah. Yeah. you know spin off the Potter stuff, add some of the stuff they've existed, and maybe sell the bags for the trick or treating or something. I don't know, but I I, I think oh, there's yeah. some middle ground they there's, could find. There's options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we'll see options for a while, um, but sure. there's options. I'm just thinking you could put like the DreamWorks characters in Port of Entry. Like, mm-hmm. if they dressed up those penguins in Halloween costumes, people would lose their minds. <laughs> penguins like, as the minions. Now, that's oh some high res thinking. <laughs> yeah, I think the universe would fold in on itself, to be honest. Like, Neil deGrasse Tyson is making the model right now, and he is. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, just a black hole of synergy. <laughs> penguins don't do that, Joe. Come on. <laughs> yeah, just Michael Eisner's Michael Eisner's looking at the phone. And he's like, "My God, they've done it! <laughs> the perfect synergy." <laughs> oh man! Um, anything else? I was going to fr- say Jeffrey oh. Katzenberg presents Quibi at uh, Islands of Adventure. <laughs> no, that's oh that's that's too horrifying. That needs to go on Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> but the wait Back from the dead. But the Quibi. line the line is never longer than ten minutes to get in. That's the plus, though. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> So, um, anything else uh, before we hit up Beetlejuice from the Halloween Horror Nights Light thing, Skeleton Bar, or tributes, or any other little other tidbit things you want to clean up and discuss? Um, I mean, Tribute Store has always been uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skeleton yeah. Bar came out of nowhere and was a hit. Yeah. Everyone loved it. I loved it. It was amazing. Certainly not. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't beat it. Um I, I do think they did run into an issue, and I know it wasn't the original plan. Like, it's been pretty well documented that there was supposed to be a 30th anniversary store in that place this year. And they just went on ahead with the HHN store after they realized, hey, they're going to miss a lot of their time. Um, 
yeah. for that anniversary I store. I, I I do think the tribute store kind of lost a lot of its magic just from being open so long, speaking as a local. Yeah. Um, that is something that you ran into. And it's not that we're ungrateful and we understand new people got to see it every single day. But if it would have only been something that ran from September to the end of October, I feel like a lot of more people would have fun things to say about it just because it's been part of our atmosphere here in Florida for so long. We mm-hmm. kind of just said, okay, bye-bye tribute store. See mm-hmm. you next year. When it should have been like, oh man, that was, that was a really cool feature at HHN light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I always saw people posting selfies with those pumpkins for a while. I couldn't tell people on Twitter apart because everyone still had the pumpkin selfie. <laughs> um <laughs> But, I mean, I love the, the tribute store for unbiased reasons. Um, and I know for a fact, like, I mean, it's coming back and probably bigger than this year. But, yeah, I, I feel like with them opening it up in July uh, was not, I keep saying desperate, but a necessary thing to pull in people into the parks. But I understand where you're, you're coming from and saying that it kind of lost its magic. Uh but yeah. if you like, if you stay away from it for a little bit and then go back inside, it's like, yay, spooky stuff. Sure, sure, and I did. Like, I I went for the final one, and like, yeah, it it was fun to see. Like the the fact that they did kind of like a segmented opening was kind of fun, and um, like I just remember everyone collectively losing their minds over the Beetlejuice room, <laughs> like the rumors yeah. that it was opening, and um, who was it? Um. The Orlando Sentinel posting that article at like midnight and everyone collectively losing their shit. Like, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about there. It does make me curious how much of that store returns as is for next year. Because obviously it's coming down. But you think, hypothetically, it would make sense just to resurrect it as it was. Just with new merch options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't see the visual merchandise team doing that. They are a very creative and... Uh, spunky crew of people. I think we're going to get something uh, very different, if not completely different next year, or slight changes in places from this year. I think the first room depends on whether or not Bride returns, uh, of course, but like the Icons House and Beetlejuice are are most likely like 90, 98% sure, like are part of this deal to like return. Do we think like, icons becomes the big room next year and beetlejuice kind of gets like the ghostbusters room size treatment this year or or next year like there's a couple different ways they could go with it i just think like an hhn history slash icons room and a beetlejuice room are pretty much like set in stone to return i just i just wonder if they're going to redesign that entire that entire like aesthetic for those rooms or if they're going to just completely gut it to build something new um, we'll see. I, mean, I know something is uh, for Christmas, so we'll oh, see oh, what oh. happens. That's going to be fun. March is awful this year. <laughs> for Christmas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't like the masks? Yeah. I like the, I, the ugly sweater one. Yeah, that one's really good. It's cute. I'm going to be honest. Christmas aesthetic just does nothing for me. Oh. I just think the Grinch, I'm so tired of the Grinch merchandise. I, I feel like it's done. You didn't grow up in a Christmassy area where it snows all the time, did you? Uh, I mean, I lived in Germany for three years, oh. but it just snows all the time. <laughs> I didn't know that. 
<laughs> it just knows all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> it never ends. I'm like in Krampus's little snow globe 24-7, and that's why we left. Never came back. I don't blame you on that one. Oof. Yeah, I like I'm a hardcore like horror person, obviously, but I'm a sucker for Christmas. I I love the pine smell. I love peppermint. I love sweaters. Mm-hmm. I like all the happy feelings. But I I, I keep that quiet. I don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you do it on a podcast, and then everyone knows. Yeah, oh no, everyone knows. <laughs> oh yeah, Shelby, she loves Christmas. Um, I, I mean, I like all the holidays. Like, I like how they're all separate and they all have their own feelings. And like, you go, you know, you have Easter and you have all of them and they're all, they're all different. You know, you can't have Halloween or Christmas all the time. They need to have special times. That's what makes them special. Yeah. Um, I get it. I yeah. get it. I, I am excited to see the Easter tribute store at the Universal <laughs> Orlando Resort. Like that Passion of the Christ room e- is going to be lit. Easter slash, uh, <laughs> rock the universe tribute store, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. They're gonna have poor Toby Mac out there signing your your 2004 MP3 player, and then POD is gonna have a room. And, like it's gonna be great. <laughs> POD room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They play. I think they. I think they played at one of the the Christian, uh, like Magic Kingdom one or whatever. Or... Either. Oh, I'm sure. Night of Joy Christian. Yeah. Magic. Yeah. I do want to say one last thing about Christmas. I want them to actually do a universal ugly sweater. Like, have like. Yeah. Have like I think rat- that's asking too much. <laughs> I, I know, but like, you, you can buy them off like uh, Amazon for like 30 or 40 bucks. And like, they have like all the sequins on them. So like, I want Minion one and like a. And like, like a Jurassic Park one and just like ugly and like maybe a roller coaster one that just is like the Hulk and mm-hmm. Bry Rocket, just really ugly. But Ooh, well, can we can we agree like if they're going to actually do that, it needs to be an actual sweater and not like the print on like sweatshirt. That's oh, become yes. a trend lately. Oh, no, it needs to be a sweater. It needs to yeah. be something that you cannot wear in Florida unless it's like January, <laughs> like one week in January. That's about it. I'm pretty sure. Isn't the only sweater you can buy on property is like the the Ron and Harry ones? Uh, at least year round. Uh, yes. Yeah. And and also, do you count the cardigans for the school uniform? Uh, I guess those so. are lighter. We can count yeah. it. It's a oh sweater. no, Neville Neville sweater. Because he has okay. that the one from okay, the, like yeah. the final movie, that awesome one that he has. You can buy those now too. So yeah. Oh, cool. There was the Grinch uh, spirit jersey last year that people snatched up. I remember that one. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it was like, well, obviously black and green said Grinch on the back. That makes sense. Yeah. I wasn't crazy about the merch last year either because it was like Shrek and Alex the Lion and the the Minions. And it was like, this literally looks like one of the knockoff t-shirts that I could get at one of those gift shops like right off the highway. It literally looked like someone copy pasted on a Photoshop and said, this is good. (laughs) Universal Holidays 2019. Yeah. You got 51 weeks to do Halloween Horror Nights merch and one week to do Christmas merch. Now go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly right and they're actually cutting that in half now due to designing face masks oh my gosh which apparently they're going to beanie baby out of us you guys saw that they're retiring yeah designs you saw that? yeah yeah 
That's like, brilliant. why are you going to stop doing the retro side? Like, people are still buying these. Like, I don't get it. I think they're moving to the individual attraction with the retro signs now. So, I think that's kind of their angle. Yeah. Give me a spooktacular. Come on. <laughs> Alrighty. No, no more dilly-dallying. Let's talk yes. Beetlejuice, shall we? Um, yes. Beetlejuice, it opened. Oh my goodness. It did. That was a weird two weeks, three weeks or so, where like every day I was like talking to people. I'm like, have you heard anything? Because something's happening. And I, I, no, I didn't hear anything. So that was weird. <laughs> Man, yeah. that Friday, just talking to people like, is it happening? What day is it coming out? What's going on? It was very, very confusing. There's no communication. Well, it went. It went from like one, like it went from zero to like 180 and like overnight, it felt yeah. like, like you could tell, like, and I'm not sure if we want to dive into this. I know Park Scope like dives into like a lot of rumors and things, but like this very much feels like a case of, hey, we had to do this. We can't tell you why, but just trust us right now. Like, <laughs> we're sorry you're pissed off. We can't tell you anything else, though. Okay. And like, that's really frustrating for a lot of people. Shelby yeah, and I. Shelby and I being local, we got to see, you know, we, we are very fortunate where we got a chance to see it. A lot of people don't live in the Orlando area. Beetlejuice is one of those movies like, yeah, like if you were to do, I imagine you would have a similar reaction with Ghostbusters last year. If you were to say, hey, this is opening up for two days. Good luck. Like yeah. it is one of those things that demands that sort of presence. And it went from I even remember talking to you, Joe, like you messaged me like. A week and a half before this happened, you were like, hey, have you heard anything? I'm like, no, there's literally no traction on this third house thing. And then basically it went from no to, yeah, it'll be open this weekend. Get your ass in gear. And it was like, wh- where is all this coming from? Like, yeah. it, it was so crazy. Well, well it's also I- weird. Well, re- real quick. Sorry, Shelby, to cut you off. Um, what's real weird I is that we were hearing stuff about uh, something else we'll discuss in a second. Puppet Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, like they were staffing up for that and I heard stuff around that and like, oh yeah, they're talking about opening a tent also. And then nothing happened with that. And it just turned out they were filming. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's kind of like, okay, what's, what's actually going on? So it was kind of weird. Sorry. Anyway, Shelby. No, you're fine. Uh, I feel like with them not communicating to anybody that Beetlejuice was going to happen this weekend is a little disingenuous to the fans and people who enjoy the event and wanted to go to Beetlejuice. Uh, it was just a lot of miscommunication through a lot of people. And then it was literally like, Oh, Hey, surprise Beetlejuice is here on Saturday and Sunday with no prior notice to anybody. And mm, literally people, the day of, yeah, it was, there were people like wrapped around in the line for guest services who didn't get a virtual line ticket. And it was, it was pretty chaotic and I felt bad for a lot of people. Sure. Mm hmm. Well, if you didn't know, like, so the thing is, like, I've got to wonder how many people that actually got to see uh, the house, like, are regular day guests. Like, how many people knew that Beetlejuice was a thing? It's buried back there in Kid Zone. You have to walk past E.T. to see it. Like, obviously, I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying at least 90% of the people that made it to that house are in the <clears throat> HHN sphere. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of yeah. went from the the... The, if you want to call us that, whatever, it kind of went from the Twitter insiders to getting onto the Facebook group, which is its whole operation, you know, <laughs> thousands and thousands of people, and then kind of spreading out from there to 
the the more casual fans and like it just kind of became like this huge thing that everyone was there for and um it's yeah i i really honestly think if this was something they had to do the fact that there was no advertisement and the fact that this wasn't email reservation i think kind of kind of bummed out a lot of people yeah there wasn't even like a team member preview or anything it was mm -hmm. very very last minute I think it's interesting you brought up the t- uh, the email. Well, first of all, team member preview, yeah, because there's usually a team member preview of some sort. And the second uh, weird thing is like, yeah, you you think an email sort of set up where this will guarantee you into the park. You know, it, you know, if all else fails, we'll just backgate you in and like <laughs> literally take you behind the scenes to get on this or something like that, mm-hmm. and, and then you could just experience it. And uh, they could have done that like you know a few days ahead of time, like they did the. Uh, uh, premiere pass preview for uh the for uh sure brides and yeah. tooth but yeah it's it's definitely weird yeah. um so let's let's dive into the house shall it is, we <laughs> i was just gonna say like it is oh, one sorry. of those things that was like it, it's so what am i trying to say it is so like <laughs> it's such a weird turn of events because like this is something that even those who are in the know are kind of just having to speculate on because this is something that's so under lock and key. No one really has a 100% reason that at least makes sense to me on why this had to happen, why this only opened for two days. I got to say, I think like there are theories that make more sense. Um, I do. I am in the camp of Beetlejuice is is returning next year, and I feel pretty comfortable in saying that. But yeah. um, I I'm not in the camp of oh they built this house and they're going to get whatever use they can out of it because if that was the case, then you figure they would have just opened the line to standby, right? Like if it was hey we got to get everybody through this house so they can see it before we tear it down, I feel like they would have given everybody that opportunity who would want to wait. Um, this screams an act of desperation to me, and like it is such a weird thing because. I just I wish we got some sort of clarity because now for the next year we're I, I tweeted it out like kind of as a joke, but like we're all that picture of Ben Affleck taking like a, a long drag on a cigarette anytime the word Beetlejuice is brought up. Like that's kind of where we're all at. Yeah. No, I understand. Uh anything else about the the uh, the the a- the agony and the ecstasy of Beetlejuice right now? um i guess i'll say one thing before we go on Mm -hmm. uh if you were there to get a virtual line ticket they were gone in 30 seconds Mm -hmm. like we what time did they it was like 750 something like that is when the times came out and like we kept refreshing and a couple of my friends managed to get some but i didn't because my phone didn't load in time Mm -hmm. and they were gone but can you imagine like you're a hardcore beetlejuice fan and you didn't get a return time for the whole day. Yeah, you dressed up and everything, and you showed up early, yeah. and yeah. I'd feel bad. I understand. So, let's talk about the house, shall we? <laughs> after after yeah. talking about how much everything sucks around it, let's, just, let's, let's lavish praise upon it. So, Beetlejuice, I literally saw five seconds of a walkthrough that was poorly recorded, <laughs> and that's it. So, I don't know where to start. So, you guys, you oh. guys can go off and talk about it and yeah <laughs> so well what's exciting about it what was your favorite parts what's um what worked what didn't work how what, much are we allowed to spoil 
I, I would say, yeah. okay, so I would say right now, this is going to be the last uh, thing we discuss on this episode. Well, I mean, do you want to talk about puppet theater real quick and then just go into spoilers or what are you guys feeling? Uh, um, puppet theater looks real cool. That's, yeah. that's basically all I've got though. Yeah. <laughs> it looks neat. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a, it's one of those houses that even if we do have the, the COVID, uh, restrictions next year it'll it'll be just fine especially mm-hmm. all the masks yeah. the masks are creepy <clears throat> and i do think like I, I mean to dive a little bit into uh puppet theater like how often have we heard like how beloved dollhouse of the damned is yeah. and like how under people's skin that house got and like how much they want kind of a return to that and i imagine puppet theater is going to be very different theatrically mm-hmm. but the as far as like utilizing something that genuinely creeps people out in this case, marionettes and, and puppeteering and that sort of thing. I think they've got a winner on their hands and especially being um, the tents this year are, are well, the rumor tents are uh, really cool. They're, they're all individually very well themed and provide different things. And I just think puppet theater is going to be something very distinct that is going to be bring people to that section of the park. And I could easily see it being, kind of one of the the cult favorites that gets mm-hmm. brought up i can see that just no poop smell in this house please <laughs> I, I it look it literally took me a day to get that smell out of my nose in 24 it was not pleasant uh, yeah. oh no that. N- not pleasant and it was also poop smell and baby powder so it was just like oh, oh it was it was not it was not pleasant baby powder's the worst scent i hate it so much ugh yeah, it was not a good combo. Um, yep. So Beetlejuice, <laughs> right? Uh, so if everyone um, wants to bail and doesn't want to hear anything about Beetlejuice, I don't blame you. So uh, Shelby, where can people find you online at? Um, they can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter is where I'm most active. Mm-hmm. Um, under Wendiguts, which is W-E-N-D-I-G-U-T-Z. Um like a Wendigo with guts at the end. Um, if you want to follow me on those places, you can. If not, you can listen to me on Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights with Hunter. Yep, a great podcast. Hey. A great Halloween Horror Nights podcast not run by a not-nice person. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter, uh. where can people find you online at? Sure, so if you're not sticking around to listen to Beetlejuice, you bunch of losers! Sorry, I just had to fit that in there. Um, You can follow me. The best place to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at HanBrolo77. That's H-A-N-B-R-O-L-O-7-7. The year of Star Wars released. Um, And, of Mm. course, you can always hear me on the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. Or if you're just looking for more generalized theme park pop culture talk, uh, like Joe said at the top, uh, Grim Grinning Hosts. All righty. Well, you guys can find us at Parkscope.net and me at Parkscope Joe. Or Parkscope on Twitter. And with all that out of the way, let's dive into Beetlejuice, shall we? <laughs> Spoil me. I don't care. Let's I'm do here. It. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I guess the first thing I got to say is I expected it to be bigger. If that okay. makes sense. It was very claustrophobic in a lot of sections. Sure. I, don't, I, I just want to also say Sh- Shelby and I are, are people that... Um, have an understanding of Beetlejuice, appreciate Beetlejuice for what it is, but like, it's not one of those like, 
it's not one of those movies that like heavily influences us in the way that other things that we've seen at the event have been. Yeah. Um, for both of us, like American Werewolf in London was kind of the pinnacle of seeing something that's so beloved. And, you know, I got Ghostbusters last year, which I think is the obvious comparison to this house. Like it's it's a I would probably say it's a more original take on the Ghostbusters house from last year using the mm-hmm. Beetlejuice property and whether or not which one you're going to prefer is going to depend on your personal bias. I was very fortunate to go through with two very close friends of mine where Beetlejuice is their favorite movie of all time. And it has been for a very long time and getting to share that um, probably influenced my opinion of the house um, quite a bit as well. But um, I guess just kind of right off the top, it's, it's a very good house. Um, I, I'm not sure yeah. I would um, put it in the, I'm not quite sure I would put it like in the greatest of all time territory, like some people have, no. but also Shelby and I are kind of reaching the stage, which is interesting because like we were the new box for several years, but like mm-hmm. we're also reaching the phase where even more people have come into Halloween Horror Night since 28 and 29, especially where those are the new guys. And now we're kind of looked at as the veterans, which is still like a little <laughs> weird for us, but like, when people are calling it, hey, it's the greatest house of their old time. And I don't mean this as like a slight or anything like that, but it's a lot of it's a lot of newer fans to the event that are connecting with something that's very personal to them. And I, I think that's giving it a little bit of boost in their rankings. Plus the mm-hmm. plus the newness and just the the overall hype for Beetlejuice ever since the tribute store or even the rumors like has been at an all time high. Um, so I think that also plays into people's uh, factors. It'll be interesting to see where this one sits by the end of next year's event. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how much does play into it just being two days only and people being like, oh, I got to go in it. And it was amazing. You know, kind of like this urban legend yeah. kind of thing. Sort of like I was on the sure. original version of Alien Encounter and it was incredible. So much better. <laughs> It's like it's like going to Disneyland with your friend who's been to Club 33 and they're like, yeah, this place is good. But like, you've really got to check out Club 33. Like, <laughs> it's it's kind of one of those situations, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, uh, for being so last minute, though, with all the cast and crew putting it, putting it together in literally like three days, it's, it was pretty good. Um, there's obviously a lot of holes uh you know covid stuff there's a lot of uh spots that obviously we're gonna have people and didn't Mm -hmm. there's literally a a whole room that's empty because there were supposed to be people in it um Mm -hmm. it was the the dinner scene yeah i from what i imagine everybody's supposed to be on the sides dancing but the spots were empty so it was kind of a well see that's what i'm like That's what I'm not sure about because that whole scene is framed upside down because you're viewing it from the point of view of the snake. So like how do actors play into that? Like that's part of where where I'm like confused. Like is this something that they changed? Was the room always upside down? Is that something they did because of COVID and they didn't want people yeah. touching stuff? Like it's weird to think about it but that way. Like clear like spots that look like spots for people to stand. So I feel like yeah. there are supposed to be people in that room. Otherwise, it's just uh, the table upside down and no scares. Sure. I mm-hmm. think this house delivers on the promise of being a Beetlejuice house, though. Like, yeah, if this is a sure. character that you have ever found some sort of comfort in or just enjoyment in, like, 
they really just jam you with so much Beetlejuice in this house. Like, not to the point where you don't see other things, but, like, he's the star attraction. There, yeah. I, I think, like, for so many people going into the house, and I felt personally this way, I think the strongest section of the house is one of the simplest as far as sets, and that's doing a live mic Beetlejuice as soon as you oh, walk in. Yeah. Yeah. Having that interaction as soon as you walk into a Halloween Horror Nights house. You know, we kind of got that with Janine last year, but she was, you know, three rooms in. And there was a rumor that Captain Spaulding was supposed to be live mic'd last year, and that was changed last minute. Um, putting a live mic'd character as an introduction to the maze and basically doing his, like, hey, welcome to my maze, like that kind of thing. It's, it's, uh, it's fun, and it adds an element that, really puts you in a good frame of mind uh, mm-hmm. before you actually enter the house. Mm-hmm. I will say it it did it felt like a party. It felt very very fun walking yes. through each room. I didn't feel let down at all even if there were spots that looked like they needed a person. I sure. the energy in the house was cranked to a 10. It was great. Mhm. You can tell the amount of love that it was given to because like as much as I like the killer clowns house last year and a lot of people had fun in it, that house, um, particularly in the fun house segments, um, which I guess would technically be the spaceship kind of felt cheaper in comparison to everything else. And you could tell with Beetlejuice, like nothing in this house felt cheap. It all felt very, (laughs) it all felt very expensive (laughs) and like attention to detail oriented. And like, even though you're using, that kind of funhouse aesthetic to kind of provide the original background to your adaptation of the movie. I think that it all just came together in such a way, uh, in such a way where you could tell like it was a big passion project for those yeah. working on it. And uh, you can clearly see it being like A and D's like cult favorite or even just their favorite. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about how uh, we got the return of the spinning tunnel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. First time <laughs> since twenty six. That's the one. I the one thing I did notice too. I'm like, hey, look, it's back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last time we saw it was Lunatics Playground. Um. So it had been a minute, and like, it's very interesting because like walking into the maze, I guess I hadn't put two and two together. It's like, why are we going up this ramp? And then we go through the tunnel. I'm like, oh man, the tunnel's back. This is so cool. And uh, I gotta say, Shelby, like the impact of the spinning tunnel was kind of reduced a little bit just because yeah. we saw a spinning tunnel the other day at Netherworld. Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> I, I can only imagine like if we didn't have the spinning tunnel at Netherworld and then we got to see it, we probably would have lost our shit just because like it's something we haven't seen in several hot seasons. Yeah. Wasn't Netherworld spinning tunnel like the country's longest spinning tunnel? Or it felt like, like it. It yeah. was crazy. And this one was so tiny, but it was yeah. cool. Little the bitty. whole house felt like a a Tim Burton dream. Like it was so abstract. I don't think there was like a single straight line. Well, I mean straight lines, but like uh diagonal and wonky and just yeah. crazy architecture. And I mean, the artistic design of like uh Tim Burton and his uh, art directors, it, it really felt like we were walking through a Beetlejuice movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is something that I think is like especially notable to talk about. This is the first time Beetlejuice or like any Tim Burton picture like has been used in an attraction like this. Like the the fact that Tim Burton, I, man, I hope he gets a chance to see it. Like I hope I hopefully he got a chance to like walk through and check it out and like review the plans and everything like that. But if not, like come in next year and check it out because like 
the way that he, he treated his very distinct design aesthetic and bringing that to life is something that they should be very much proud of. There's a wonderful scene and possibly my favorite scene in the entire house. It's kind of like a corridor of doors and there's this lovely like black, white, black and white paint. And basically mm-hmm. that black light is constantly shifting. So it just feels like you're in a never ending tunnel. And at the very end, there's like a doorway very hard, far away on top of like a black and white, like yeah, hillscape. That's right. And, that like, looks cool. That was my favorite scene in the entire thing, just because like, the way that they utilized his design aesthetic in a haunted house attraction in a way that confused you, but also like just put you into that world was so cool. And uh, I'm going to say it a lot, but like that's, that's a very hard thing to pull off is is replicating someone's very distinct art style like that. So the fact that they did it absolutely deserves kudos. Mm -hmm. For sure. I also have to note the, (laughs) I mean, my favorite thing at Horror Nights is always puppets, and this one provides two. It was great. Yeah, Ooh, they're puppets. Yes. Probably the biggest one we've seen. I do think the. I mean, I don't. I mean, if you're listening and you're still kind of like, "Ooh, I don't want too many spoilers," but I'm gonna listen anyways. <laughs> Look, it's a whole year. You're gonna forget about it. But like, it should be expected. The sandworm is in this house. Um, and mm-hmm. the sandworm is massive and he's very impressive. He's technically the final scare minus the stinger at the very end, which is more of like a haha, like laugh out moment. But um, the sandworm, I will say that's one of my only complaints about the house. Shelby is <gasps> I feel like that scene not the sandworm itself, oh. but the, he needs more around him because yeah. right now it's just an empty black room that he kind of pops out at the very top of. And yeah. it is possible to miss him. My first run through the house, um, we we almost missed him. I caught the very tail end of him. Oh wow! Yeah, he. I think he. No, he is. He's bigger than uh, than Clownzilla from last year, and Clownzilla yeah. was like the biggest thing we've seen. So yeah, he's he's huge, and I mean obviously yeah, he's like that, inflatable. And I think that that's what made the sandworm feel so. I I can't tell if this was like something that they just didn't have time to finish with the the limited build cycle or if there's more supposed to be in that room. The sandworm being the finale makes sense, but you know, Clownzilla, you're walking into that room, you're in like the big top, like you're in his domain. And the mm-hmm. fact that the sandworm is in a big empty, like black room, um, yeah. that that's one of the things that I think needs to be fixed. It really, you could just put white stripes on the room. It'd be good. Yeah. I, I'm thinking just like a strobe effect with that white stripes and like, boom, you're good. Yeah. We'll see you don't even have to move anything. him. Yeti sandworm. <laughs> yeah, he, he was cool. And and then there's a another puppet of the snake Beetlejuice that comes out. Yeah, and he's right around the corner. Um, as soon as you exit out of that dinner scene, and like he's, he, it's a really good scare. Like that's great. Um, I gotta say, like there is one scene in here that. Um, it feels like a direct copy of the one that we got in the tribute store. And I guess the only reason I'm bringing that up is because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, Joe, you know how many times we all saw, oh, they pulled everything from the Beetlejuice house and put into the <laughs> tribute store. Yes. Which I, I don't know where that started. I'm blaming the HHN Facebook group, to be perfectly honest. Let's because, blame them like, for everything. That's all this stuff starts. Yeah. But, like, no, they didn't pull anything from it. Do I kind of wish that the first time seeing that model scene was in the house? Yeah. But, like, if you're going to do a photo op, like, you kind of have to feature that one, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame him. But you did get my favorite incarnation of Beetlejuice in that scene, which is... uh tour guide Beetlejuice. I love his little duster coat and his hat. I think we saw almost every incarnation of Beetlejuice, except for like Cowboy Beetlejuice. 
And even then, he was on the TV. So, yeah. like, I can't Yeah, mm-hmm. we saw it a lot. It was great. I, th- I think all the actors really provided that energy that Beetlejuice has. In the movie yeah. Video. And that is one thing, like, the you brought up empty spots. Like, that maybe is one of my complaints, is that not all the main characters of this movie get, like, a time to shine. Like, they're not featured in a scare actor. And I do think that's a COVID-related thing. <laughs> Um, like the fact that Delia is not featured in it. Adam doesn't have a scare actor. Like there's main characters that aren't represented in the house that you'd expect would be, mm-hmm. but you'd imagine like that's just out of how things were on um, putting it together. So short, uh, yeah. versus like an active oversight. Did, um, we, so you guys went on Saturday, right? Sunday. <clears throat> oh, we went Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Right, Sunday. Cause I heard they actually, st- they actually beefed up some of the staffing on Sunday. Oh. Huh, yeah. Okay. So from what I understand, finale the finale scare is uh Beetlejuice. He comes out and he does the that's why I won't do two shows a night anymore, babe. I just won't. Like that scene, like it's the stinger. And like it's a perfect stinger. I love it. It's great. But apparently he wasn't there at all on Saturday. So that was a pretty cool little Oof. addition. Hmm. Oh. Did not know that. Yeah, James kind of James Keaton kind of hinted at that that there's more people. So I was like, "Hey, what's going on with this?" So it's uh, poorly more staffing. So that's what they did. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, it was a great house, especially for the limitations they had, how last minute it was, um, yeah, and the lack of staffing and stuff like that. I think it was really good, and I think it was a good note to end uh, Horror Nights Light on. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, just special shout out. I can honestly say the actresses that they got to play Lydia oh, in yeah. the house. She only has one scene uh, because the other Lydia is a mannequin, unfortunately, which actually there's two mannequins in the house where I feel like they're not supposed to be mannequins. Like that was like a last minute ad. Um, that was like the carousel Beetlejuice and the, the wedding Lydia. But mm-hmm. the Lydia that is there are probably the closest scare actor I have ever seen casted at the event, including the stranger thing kids. Like it was really like uncanny what they had done there. Hmm. And I just think that deserves a special shout out. <laughs> and they were wearing masks. Like that's yeah. just, it shows how good they were. Nice. Agreed. Uh, one of them, especially who I think you and I recognize, Shelby, um, yeah. pops out and does the I myself am strange and unusual and was just like extra big with the hand motions and like really sold it and was like mashing on that trigger like every five seconds. Like as soon as it ends, she was she back was, out there and I was like, oh, man, so we're happy. Girl. <laughs> she was so happy. I could tell. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Uh, any last thoughts from on uh, Beetlejuice? Uh, I think I wrapped up my thoughts, Hunter. Um, I just can't wait to see it next year. Like Beetlejuice is one of those things that has been in my life for a long time. Um, ever since coming across it on a uh, Scooby-Doo VHS cassette tape as a commercial along with Goonies. <laughs> posted that not too long back. Um, I didn't grow up with Beetlejuice in the sense of from a childhood, but like it's kind of been one of those things that I've always seen around Halloween. I made it a point to go see it at the drive-in earlier this year before HHN was postponed. Um, it's something that I've always liked, if not loved, and um, I think people are going to be very, very happy with it. And um, I really think it's got potential to be one of the coolest houses that I've personally been able to go through. Um, even without that personal bias. Uh, Do Mm -hmm. I think it's the greatest of all time right now? No, not quite. But that's not to take it away because all the pieces are there and it could be something very, very special by the time we see it return. 
Oh, sure. Awesome. And uh, how would you rate it um, in, I mean, just because you guys have been only through it very few times, how would you rate it uh, compared to the other uh, two houses this year? Ooh, I don't think that's fair. Uh, okay, that's f- that's fine. Right. I understand that. I'm, that's why I'm kind of like, ooh. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I, I can honestly say, so um, I think all three houses are great. However, if I'm going off on the, <clears throat> hey, two of these houses are going to come back next year, one of them has to go so they can build something new, mm-hmm. um, which has been kind of a, a narrative that I've seen a little bit. I feel like Tooth is probably the, the one that I would be least sad to see go i think even removing my bias for universal monsters that house just speaks to me more as far as design aesthetic and what it Mm -hmm. does so bride of frankenstein lives is my favorite house from hhn light i'd probably put beetlejuice and then i'd put tooth at the bottom and that's that's not a slight against tooth i think tooth is great um it just doesn't hit home for me like the other two do yeah I, i feel like tooth fairy was my favorite out of the three um, it just had that whimsical, like, gremlin quality. But I feel like we saw that house for what it was, except for maybe one spot that was empty. Or two, one or two spots that were empty. Mm-hmm. Um, if the, that house left next year, I would be sad, but I would also understand why. Because I feel like we did kind of see it in its whole form. Um, Bride, I want to see more. And I want to see more in Bride because I feel like that house has more potential to be bigger and better. Um, and then obviously yeah. Beetlejuice does as well. So I, I, Tooth Fairy is my favorite, but I will I will understand if it doesn't come back next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm going to I think there them, is also. S- oh, oh, sorry, no, I, I was just going to say it would probably go Tooth Bride Beetlejuice for me. Got it. Um, I feel like Tooth is maybe hurt a little bit just by um, not really feeling like a soundstage house. Like, you understand why it was there, but, like, it just doesn't have the, I think, the theatricality minus the facade that you're looking for for a soundstage house. Um, yeah. That maybe that's why it's impacting my vote a little bit. But it's also one of those things, like, if I had it my way, to be perfectly honest, all three of these houses will be back next year just because... I think it's important for everyone that wants to to get a chance to see it. I know people are counting this as HHN 29.5. So many people weren't able to make it due to health restrictions or even travel restrictions. I think it's unfair to say, hey, you'll never get a chance to see these because you're in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so fingers crossed. I, I would totally be open to all of them returning. And honestly, with them having a whole year build cycle, give or take, like who knows what these houses are going to look like next year if they pump a little bit more money into them. Mm-hmm. Right. Awesome. Well, uh, real quick again, where can people find you, Shelby? Um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the same username, Wendigets, uh, W-E-N-D-I-G-U-T-Z. Um, and if you don't want to follow me on social media, you can just listen to me on the podcast with Hunter at Catacombs Halloween Horror Nights. Cool. And then one last time, Hunter, for the people who... Got so blown away with all the Beetlejuice talk, they completely forgot about the rest of the podcast. <laughs> sure, sure. If you want to keep up with me, the best place to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Hanbrolo77. That's H-A-N-B-R-O-L-O-7-7. 
You can, of course, listen to me with Shelby on the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights as well. You can hear me uh, say a lot of curse words that um, I shouldn't be saying uh, because my mom came across Grim Grinning Host. I'm going to support all your podcasts. And I was like, oh, no. And then she messaged me and she's like, what's this about fucking on a monorail? And I'm like, oh, Jesus, mom. Um, But anyways, yes. So uh, go support Grim Grinning Host and uh, let my mom know that I'm not wasting my life. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. Uh, you can find all of our stuff at Parkscope.net and at Parkscope on Twitter. And we'll see you guys later. Have a good one. <laughs>